What's going on, y'all? Welcome to another episode of the Less Brunches, More Crunches podcast. Um, I have a special guest here today. And before I let him introduce himself, I'm just going to do a quick introduction and, you know, run off a couple of accomplishments. Uh, so here we have Dr. Darian Parker, a PhD in sports education leadership with an emphasis in behavior modification from UNLV, master and bachelor degrees from James Madison University in kinesiology, a certified personal trainer, has been training in the game for over 20 years. So if I've been in the game for six years and I got a lot of knowledge, imagine where his knowledge is. Uh, Co-owner of Epic Leisure Management and host of the Dr. D Social Network podcast. Dr. Darren, appreciate you being here today. Happy to be here, Chris. We had some fun on my podcast. It was awesome, man. Yeah, I, I recently did his podcast and, you know, we I did my thing. He did his thing. So, um, you know, I'll, I'll, uh, I'll actually link that to this podcast. Um, so yeah, man, let's, let's get to it. So, you, uh, I wanted to start off with, um, you know, on my podcast, I, I'm big on mental health and mm -hmm. I feel like fitness is one of the biggest character builders. It's, it's probably the biggest character builder. So, um, how important is mental health and fitness and, uh, how much is, is, is mental health, you know, correlated with behavior change? I think is one of these things is like, it's finally getting the attention that it needs to have. Mm -hmm. um, and that, I mean, you know, if you've trained any significant amount of time, you know that when you work with clients, so much of it is the ups and downs of, of their lives yep. and what's going on in their life. And the training, while very important, is it's the price of admission. But a lot of people stay with you because of how you make them feel about themselves yep. and the connection and relationship. And so when I did my doctorate in behavior change back in 2007, I finished, no one was talking about this, nothing. This was a zero thing in fitness and wellness. And now it's a big wave of uh, behavior change and modification. So I'm a big fan of it. I think it's a gigantic part of training and one that if you're a newer trainer, uh, it's a great time to be a trainer because there's actually an emphasis on it at this point, you know. Absolutely. And and the, the behavior change is, 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 is big because like when I get a new client, I'll give them a meal plan. But before I break down like macros and how much protein you need to eat, I'm like, just get in the habit of eating clean, like just get in mm -hmm. the habit of getting a clean meal, buying a meal prep or preparing the meal yourself, just get in that, that's that state of behavior change. So, um, you know, that that's, that's big. Um, what uh like what what steps what advice would you give to someone who's trying to make that mental shift or that that behavior change um like what what's the first step they should take or what's what, you know what's the next steps they should yeah. take yeah the biggest step is being honest with yourself mm -hmm. and and cuz a lot of time and on understanding that you should take care of yourself put yourself first we often especially with you know you work with people who have lots of families and stuff like that mm -hmm. people will often take care of other people and let themselves down yep it's a very strange dichotomy with human beings is that we're good helping other people or being there for someone else, but we're very rarely there for ourselves. So it's like, all right, be there for yourself and then be honest with yourself about where you're at. It's okay if you're not where you want to be. And it's also the other thing is it's okay to have a complicated relationship with exercise. It's, it's, it's totally fine. Absolutely. It's not that, you know, it's like, oh, well, I, why can't I do this? Why shouldn't I be doing, you know, it's like, it's okay to feel that way. Yeah. A lot of people feel that way. It's totally okay. You know, that's, that's what the trainer is here for to help you with that. Yeah. 
And I noticed that like a lot with moms, like they just put the, and dads, they put their kids first. Yes. Like you gotta, you got to be the best parent. You got to take care of yourself. Yes. Yeah. Do you, have you worked with a lot of parents? I mean, mostly parents. Mostly parents. And, and I would say they, um, they'll do anything for their children. Mm-hmm. Almost anything. The cost, they'll figure out the cost, whatever yep. it is. But if it's for themselves, then the cost could become an issue. For yep. them, for them. No, absolutely. It's, it's crazy, right? I'm sure you've seen this too. It's, it's like, wait a minute. Like you need to take care of yourself first. It's like yep. paying yourself first. Pay yourself first. Yep. Take care of you. And then everything else is going to come in place. You know? Why Why do you think it's so hard for people to like look in the mirror? And like, like for instance, like, you know, people hate the word fat. Yeah. <laughs> But um, it's like, it is what it is. It's okay. It, is it's is. Not, it doesn't mean you're a bad person. I didn't call you ugly. I didn't <laughs> right. think the work ethic sucks. I didn't right. say anything bad. I didn't attack you. <laughs> but it is what it is. It's the truth. Why do you think that's so hard for people? I think looking uh, back at yourself requires a lot of courage and discipline and, and honesty. They say, you know, it's easy. Like a lot of things, what happens is people blame someone else. Oh, it's because of the food industry. It's because of the environment. These are parts, these are factors, but the factor that people often never factor in is themselves. They they keep themselves out of the equation as why things aren't going well. And Mm. this is part of the honesty is like, no, you are actually part of the issue. Just come to terms with it. It's okay. (laughs) You know, it's crazy because like by by my gym, there's a vitamin shop. I'm always in, in the vitamin shop. And next to the vitamin shop, there's a five guys. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's yeah. like you go in the vitamin shop, you got, you know, fit people going in there and mm-hmm. all ages, my age, I'm 30. You yeah. got younger people, you got people in their 50s, 60s. And you look at the five guys, you literally, I'm literally, I'm not joking. You got people limping, <laughs> struggling to walk the five guys. It's crazy. It's like, how are you going to blame that? on somebody else. Yeah. I'm going to understand that. Yeah, there's a lot of self-accountability. You have to have accountability and you have to, that's part of looking back. And also it's like, when you start looking at yourself, it's scary because then you start having to have a face-to-face. You got to have a come to Jesus meeting with yourself and be like, I could be part of the, I could be a significant part of this issue. Yep. Uh, and, And that is very scary because then you have to confront the reality that maybe some changes have to happen. Mm-hmm. And how do I do that when I may be one of the biggest reasons that this is happening? Yeah, man, that, that all comes with that, that mental shift. Mm-hmm. Um, what, what made you like start studying the mind? What, what made you want to do that? I th- honestly, I think it was when I started training back in 2001 mm-hmm. and I was running a faculty and staff fitness facility at James Madison. This was like my first year of my master's degree. And I, that's when I first started training. The first time I trained somebody, the light bulb went off. I was like, oh, this is more about the psychosocial behavior of working mm-hmm. with people. This is about like human relationships. Mm-hmm. The training part is, is great, yep. but um, very few humans are looking to reach the, the peak of their physical ability. Yep. They're, they're just not willing to do what it takes. Mm-hmm. And it may not even be the right thing for them to yeah. do that. So I just said, you know what, I, I want to focus on being a good relationship builder. How do I build great relationships with another person? And then that also was a thing with like, if I can be good at this, then I'll be also good at building a great relationship with a partner, with a, a child, you know, with 
whole thing, like it'll, it'll basically bleed out into all parts of my life. I'll be a better person by focusing on this. And that's why I, my educational trajectory steered hard towards behavior modification. I said, well, this has just helped me be a better person. And so it'll be a great in my job and great in my personal life. Yeah. Uh, absolutely. Um, I was, uh, well, well, I want two things I want to highlight. Mm -hmm. One is like my, you know, my clients who got the most results for me, they become like family almost. Yes. And, um, you know, cause we, we just had to connect <laughs> on a different level, but yeah. to keep showing up, to get the results, understand the mindset shift. And then last night I was talking to a younger trainer and I was, uh, you know, I brought up the fact how like clients, they dump so much of their stuff on you. They dump their family yeah. life, work life, all, all, all their issues. And he was like, uh, he basically said, you know, I don't have time for that. I don't pay attention. And I told him, I said, if, if you want to continue to elevate, you're going to have to. <laughs> That's part. This is just part of the game. It's a crazy thing to say. You can't get away from it. Yeah, I know. Like, yeah. you know, I know I'm not your therapist. You're not paying me to be a therapist, but it kind of just just comes with the territory. It does, and um, I mean, you are encompassing a lot of skills that are part of other disciplines, but you have to have some baseline level. So, like, you're, it's 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 uh, talk therapy, which is happening a lot during training sessions. You may not be a licensed psychologist, but you could have good basic counseling skills. Like I took basic counseling skills, public speaking, all those things. And I yeah. think they helped me so much because I learned body language cues, uh, nudging, all these different theories and practical applications of things I use with my clients and they don't even know I'm doing it with them. Yeah. Uh, and I learned a lot about validation, interpersonal communication, all these different things. And yeah. as a trainer, if you're, if you're naturally good at that, you got a head start. As a train, I mean, you're just going to destroy it probably. If you're not, you're going to need a lot of seasoning with that over time. But you got to be good with making someone feel present yeah. with you. And you're right. If you become the majority of my clients are, I'm really tight with. We are in fantasy football leagues together. I've wow. seen their kids go from being like nine years old. Now they're in college. A couple of them are adults now. Yeah. Like you just become entrenched into their lives yeah. for that. So you better be good at connecting with people it's a big thing yeah no it's, it, that's a beautiful thing when, when you see people grow over the years and yeah see changes like that and you know i don't i don't have the education you have but one thing that helped me was um i honestly feel like sports helped me yes because you know you you go through the years you're not just on one team your whole life you 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 switch teams you might yeah. uh, transfer schools you get older, so, you know, you might move, move on from a coach, move on from a team. Yeah. And just like, you know, I've probably had in my, you know, 20 or so years of playing basketball, I might have had like a thousand teammates. <laughs> yeah, that's true, right? <laughs> Not to mention the people on other teams and, you know, just 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 people in, in proximity that I'm cool with. So that kind of helped me just, you know, getting good with people. And um, I feel like, you know, uh, sports is a big factor. And um, let's say someone didn't play sports and they don't have the education you have. What can they use to kind of enhance their people skills? Or like, what can they focus on and be like, oh, yeah, I'm good at this. So, you know, that's where I get my people, my people skills from. Yeah. You know, one good thing is you definitely don't have to have the education that I have. My, my whole situation is very an outlier situation yeah, in the sure. business. I mean, I use it for other things. I teach at community colleges and things, which I like doing. But I think in general, um, I think you, I think one of the biggest things you have to know yourself. It's kind of a thing you do with clients, but also yourself. Like, if you have like great charisma and you know how to like connect with other people, you'll probably be a good trainer. 
Mm-hmm. You're, I mean, it, like on a baseline level, understanding your personality on a spectrum and look at yourself and like, am I good at creating relationships in my life? And don't even think about it professionally. Do you mm-hmm. get along well with friends? You have good friendships. Do you have do you have good conflict resolution with other people in life? If you're like pretty good at those things, you'd probably be an incredible trainer yep. for that. As what I've seen often is uh honestly, is trainers who are so educated and have no interpersonal skills yep. for that. And they're like the technical trainer, super technical. Mm-hmm. wants to talk about all the education and the knowledge and all the difference. It's honestly it really I, I hate to say this, but honestly it doesn't really matter that much. It <laughs> like it really doesn't. <laughs> it's you like know, you know what? I I have a few certifications myself yeah. and you got to put yourself in the shoes of, you know, the general population. Yeah. They don't want to hear um <laughs> about macronutrients and they don't no. hear about the biomechanics behind a squat and no. muscle should dim- should should dominate the exercise. They don't want to hear that. No. And uh, no, that's 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 a great point. That, that's that's definitely a great point. And I think it's like, you know, depending on the clients, man, you may be talking about the Nasdaq one day and the next day you're talking about Netflix shows you guys binge to get, you know, you recommendations like I, that's honestly a big part of it is the inner. Yeah. I feel like I'm an entertainer. Yeah. I entertain my clients while also providing them a solid exercise progression. But I'm mostly an entertainer. Yep. With with people. And yep. I think if you know that you're good at entertaining people and you're good at like connecting with people. Um, and that's what I think sports is. I was a collegiate athlete just like yourself. And it's, I think you learn getting along with people, teammates, what, camaraderie. I was a track and field athlete. Track and field, cool, cool. Yeah. So I know I know what it's like to be around a bunch of athletes and striving mm-hmm. for something. What I think is sometimes challenging, actually for me, I, I'm curious what you think of this. Mm-hmm. is when you work with clients who had no exposure to athletics. Yeah. And then when you actually give them something that's somewhat difficult for them, they 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 struggle with the intensity. It's like they think yeah. it's they're hurt. Like what is this? Yeah. You know? yeah, like they're not they might not be used to soreness. Yeah. And, you know, that's that's where we tap into the mental what we were talking about yeah. before. So what I'll do is like let's say I'm training a mom and her like she her legs are sore from leg days. Yeah. I'd be like, you had two kids. This workout <laughs> doesn't hurt more than them two kids. <laughs> and then they'll shut up. They'll be, they they can't even rebuttal that. Yeah. You know, um, you know, I just tap into like I guess I guess a pain point pretty yeah. much. And that pretty helps. But like I say, it, uh, sports definitely helps. I think so. It's a huge I think it's a huge factor, but I've noticed that a lot of trainers actually don't have a lot of athletic background that I've yeah. seen. They they actually just enjoy working out and uh, it's not enough to just like working out. I mean, it's, it's, it, there's a lot that goes into it, but I think if you have to be a good kind of, um, I call it kind of a cruise ship director. You, every, you should be the, the you're the, uh, this, the circus, you're the ringmaster, you know, yeah. you're controlling the environment and you're making it um, palatable for them mm-hmm. to want to show up. I mean, to make someone show up over and over again for something that it's not exactly enjoyable all, yeah. all the time, that's an amazing skill. Yep. <laughs> it's not hard to go to five guys. I'm gonna tell you that right now. Man, <laughs> yeah. It really isn't. <laughs> it can't be hard. People limping in there. <laughs> That's exactly right. <laughs> to walk through the door. <laughs> I mean, if they're limping, they have some orthopedic issues. You go to five guys. It can't be that hard. <laughs> it's crazy, man. Crazy. Um, 
So you know, you know, I'm big on like the the gym culture right now. Yes. You know, I see a lot of the bullshit in the gym. I, mm -hmm. I highlight it. I talk about it. How do you feel about the current gym culture? Do you think is in a in a negative state or a positive state? And how can we um, change it? To anything like anything that's wrong with it? Well, one for for the viewers and listeners, this is what drew me to Chris. Especially, I love his takes on this stuff because I was like, man, this is like, he's saying the quiet part out loud. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I like that. I, I, I like to do that myself. And, uh, and that episode got a lot of traction. A lot of my colleagues contacted me about it, good and bad, which is great. <laughs> I like to have both sides of it. It's You're going to have both when you put your stuff, stuff out there. In it public. is. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you just got to accept it. That's what's going to happen. Yeah. And, uh, I think I lean mostly towards your side of that. I think it's just too nightclub-y. Mm -hmm. Um, I think, um, the dress is often very inappropriate and I'm not a prude. I mean, I have plenty of episodes talking about sexuality and all these different things. I'm all here for it, but maybe this is a hot take or not, but like, if you, you're, if people are over sexualizing themselves in the gym, what do you think people are going to be looking at? It's human nature to be visual creatures and to look at things. Yep. So if someone has barely anything on. It's not like you're going to be like, I'm not going to look over there. No, yeah. you're probably going to look over there. Oh, <laughs> it's like it's, it's hard not to. It's I mean, it's it's not. almost impossible. Like, I don't someone's probably going to be upset about that. But listen, you're just lying if you're saying you're not. Oh, yeah. And I'm disturbed by this trend of like really young people who are, are they don't know any better. They're being influenced by social media and different people. And this is also a parental thing. If your parents are letting you go to the gym with your ass hanging half out, what type of parenting is happening there? Exactly. Or that, you know, they just don't wake up like that. I mean, yeah. <laughs> no, you're absolutely right. Absolutely. And um, it's just like the culture now. We can't, yeah. like, I always talk about, we can't be honest. And like, it's like, not only people, are, they're, they're, they're delusional about their weight. Yeah. They're delusional yeah. About dressing appropriately for the gym. It's like, yeah. they're delusional in all areas. It's crazy, man. It's just a crazy yeah. thing living in. Well, you said it best on the on uh, the podcast you're on, on mine. You said telling the truth is a sin almost. It is now. And I said, "Whoa, that what a soundbite! That's a great soundbite <laughs> right there, man." I said, "Man, it's but it feels like that." I resonated with that. It's like if you tell someone, "Hey, this may not be appropriate," they're gonna get upset at you because you're infringing upon their freedom to look crazy, you know. But there still has to be parameters. There can't be this agreed upon chaos. Yeah. And then it got to this whole thing. I thought you would be interested in this is like about posting in gyms and people mm -hmm. are in videos. And a colleague of mine was like, well, what about if gyms had a separate area just for like social media posting and workouts? And I thought, well, what would Chris think about that? Oh, that's a good question. Um, I don't think that is that is necessary, but I, I do believe that like, you know, your colleague that might be uncomfortable with it they should they should be able to say something hey you know yeah. i don't want to be in your your video you know you right. might on that when i move or i i can move out the way for 30 seconds for you to record your video um you know because i i feel like the posting can be positive right yes. you yes. think about it you can somebody can post and motivate someone else to come to the gym so the the more people see the gym the more likely they are to come to the gym you know if they yeah. don't see it on their timeline at all they're not coming so I think the posting can be positive. So I don't know if they need to make a separate area. I don't I don't think that's necessary. 
Um, yeah. But yeah, there, there's there's ways to be nice and respectful about telling someone that you don't want to be in their post. And at the same time, you know, I don't know if you're familiar with Joey Swole. Um, no. Okay, he's a pretty, he's really popular. He, he has like seven million followers, but he kind of you know does what I do at a at a at a higher scale where yeah. He, He'll, you know, call out the bullshit in the industry. Yeah. People, you know, they'll, they'll zoom in on someone doing a funny exercise or zoom in on an overweight person. Uh, when it gets to that, that's a problem. And that's I think a problem. You do yeah. need to highlight that. But I, I think the posting is a positive. So I think it can be positive too. Yeah. I think so too. And like the same colleague, they were saying how, like, you know, people should be able to express themselves in their fashion, however they see fit when they come to. A gym, and I said, "Okay, listen, I'm gonna have to politely disagree with this." Yeah. And we had a whole posting thing. I I know this person; they were I was on their podcast and stuff. Okay, and I was like, "But you know," I said, "But here's the thing: it's like, what if I just want to wear whatever I want to the store, and yeah. that, that includes no shirt, yeah. and uh, you know, men, women, whoever, the store is gonna be like, you can't be served here, yeah. like." Yep. There's parameters. You just can't wear. what. So I, I was thinking, well, what if somebody goes, well, I'm just wearing pasties when I come to the gym. I mean, that's how I that's how I fly my flag. Exactly. That's how I, you know, I was exactly. like, you can't just have anything. Yeah. That's just chaos. We'd be like, in jail. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like we would definitely be in jail. Exactly. <laughs> like, we would be in jail. Like, yeah. And that's that's a that's a great way to think about it. Like if we go to church, if we go to a grocery store, yeah. to a restaurant, if we go to work. Like if your job says, "Hey, this is the dress code. Yes, you, you can't wear this. Why is it okay? Why 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 do you follow the 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 work dress code? But why do you think it's okay to come to the gym? Yeah, and something the complete opposite. Why not have the same yeah. respect? So it just that don't make sense to me. Man. It made no sense to me. And I you know I think it's just sometimes you're not exposed to different perspectives. Mm -hmm. And listen, gym fashion, I get it. There's lots of different things to wear, and people want to show out and look good and I'm I'm all for that, but there, yeah. you know there's limits to it. I'm not yeah. I'm not saying I'm not going to be legalistic about it. Just like, I mean, seriously, <laughs> you you know when you're wearing, you know yeah. what it looks like. Just like if you go clubbing or something, and somebody's well, you know what you're you know what you're wearing. When you you're go out to the club, exactly. right? You know what you're going to the club. You're wearing a certain thing. If somebody tells me they don't know, they're lying. They're definitely lying. Yeah, there's no logical explanation for it. You know, <laughs> attention. That's, that's attention is the new currency. Attention like, is the currency, right? Yeah. yeah. Exactly, man, for sure. So, um, one thing I want to talk about is like people. They'll like this lady stopped me in a parking lot the other day. She saw my shirt and was like, "Are you a trainer?" I was like, "Yeah." She was like, "I want to get in shape, but I don't want to be a gym rat." And, uh, you know, so people will use the term gym rat, like, you know, thinking it's crazy, insane. They use that to describe people's healthy relationship with fitness, but mm -hmm. they don't condemn the people who are club rats, drug rats, alcohol, yeah. rats, fast food rats, sugar rats, yeah. consume negative negativity, everyday rats. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> it's crazy. So why is it, why do you think it's the gym, the gym? That gets the bad rap for for doing something consistently, but people can do all the all the bullshit, all the bad, yeah. and not get anything for it. I think the gym is something very personal about the gym. It's a mirror of reflection back about our bodies and how we feel about our bodies mm -hmm. for that. And people have very different feelings about how they look, how they fit into things, how they used to look, all these different things. So that your body is so personal. Then you see other bodies. And you think, oh, these people are looking at me or yep. they're judging me. Yep. 
And I think like, when I mean, you're in some of those other situations, you're less likely to be thinking about that, you know, yeah. it's just, but in the gym, it feels like everybody's on display mm -hmm. and everybody is an entree for all people to observe. And mm -hmm. that's just it's very personal to a lot of people, just like with food. Food is such a personal thing to so many people. It could be culturally personal, regionally personal, uh, globally. It just depends on what it is. So I just yeah. think that like, and also fitness has done a pretty weird and terrible job of the, the marketing for it. Mm -hmm. It's kind of always been in the past, like people like you and I, Chris, have never been part of the marketing campaign. Mm -hmm. Also part of it. It's always been, I, I'm just going to be honest about it. It's always been kind of your big spiky haired white guy yeah. or a white woman. Yeah. And a lot of the marketing, the pictures, they don't see us. Mm -hmm. So they see this gym rat is this stereotypical white person who is really huge and mm -hmm. big and ripped and, you know, the whole thing versus seeing someone that looks like you who is like, listen, I'm not a gym rat. I just come here to get in what I got to get done. And then I go. Exactly. We're not promoting that at yep. all. Yeah, no, I, I I definitely agree, and um, you know, I I think I don't know I don't know the the study behind this or anything, mm -hmm. but like anything that's like a quick dopamine hit, yeah, you know, where people get it to escape reality, escape their 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 their, their um, I guess their struggles, their obstacles, yeah, uh, I think that's why people kind of don't condemn that side, yeah, you know, I feel like a lot of people are just depressed, you know, we got inflation yeah. rate high, <laughs> we yeah. got a, yeah. a lot of stuff going on in our country. So um, I, I think that's, that's part of what it is. And the gym isn't like an instant gratification thing. It's a <laughs> no. gratification. And you know, people hate delayed gratification. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the gym is the, the results and progress is the enemy of human beings yeah. because it takes a while. Good things are long-term commitments, you sure. know? And I think one of the things is, especially when gyms were closed and people were home in the pandemic, humans for the first time since ancient humans actually had time to like think about their lives. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people go, I hate this shit. I don't like what yeah. I'm seeing. And some people are like, it's not too bad, you know, yeah. I have going on. But I just think when like, it's scary to think about your own existence and how you look and what's happening to you and what's happening in the world. And the gym in many ways too is a, uh, is a sanctuary for a lot of people. I mean, I'm sure you've seen it too. Sometimes you have people in the gym two, three, four hours, like they're like they're employed there or something. I mean, it's like, yeah. and it's like, why are you in here so long? You yeah. know, it's like, yeah, now that they say the gym is the, the best thing for mental health and depression. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it helps a lot of people. Yeah. It does. And it, so they're there. And I think you know, there's a social element to it that people feel. Mm -hmm. There's different areas of the gym that people be, belong to. You got people who just go for group exercise. Some people just come for the sessions. Some people literally just come to talk on their phone and walk around. It's crazy. It <laughs> I've seen that I many see times. Yeah, you see, right? You see every type of person <laughs> and activity in the gym. Sometimes real hard workouts to literally nothing happening, just walking yeah. around. You know? Yep. Um, we want to shift gears a little bit. So with 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 AI becoming uh, more prominent, how do you feel about AI in the fitness industry? And, you know, will this help or hurt uh, mental health? And will this help or hurt uh, fitness goals? I actually love this question because I just had a fitness tech advisor on my podcast. And the episode came out today. Mm -hmm. And it's literally all about that regenerative AI, um, future body scanning, merging with technology biologically and all that. Yep. And I think we're we're in that already. Yeah. And we're just in the initial phases yep. uh, of it. Um, will it replace, 
you know, training, probably not. Uh, it would probably be a nice enhancement to it. Um, but I actually think it'll be part of job creation for trainers of that they'll be tiering. So like they'll be able to have four or five, six, seven, eight entry points into training. You could actually mm -hmm. training people in person, virtual training, virtual coaching, and just all the way down. So all different income levels will be able to actually work with someone yeah. depending on where their income level is. So I think it will democratize training and provide more uh, opportunities on various tiers or levels for it. Yeah. Um, as far as the mental health aspect for it, I think that's up in the air. I think that depends on anything. Some things can be used for good. Some things can be used for bad. Yeah. I think we hear a lot about the bad, but there's a lot of value in uh, AI-based fitness uh, things. I just think it's not at the level right now where it would be threatening. Yeah. For a lot of trainers, I mean, it 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 lies. It says a lot of weird stuff. I mean, and it just and yeah, it may could write a program and things of that nature, but uh, it's not at the point where it can actually have a lot of nuance for with sure. other people for that. So, I mean, this I think algorithms, AI, and all that um, can be very detrimental, uh, but could be good if used properly. But that's almost like anything in life, you know. Yeah, no, definitely, definitely. I th I think it's. Uh... It can be great for and uh, for new trainers because there's no like there, there's I I feel like anybody can be a trainer if they want to if yeah. you convince people that you that you can do it um, you know I hear so many people you know scamming and, and yeah not following through not giving a meal plan not yeah. showing up being late so I, I think that's great to give some structure for 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 new trainers so it'll be interesting to see uh, you know how AI and fitness is in the next few years. Yeah, it'll definitely grow. I just think it's um the future. I, you know, I've talked to a few people in this space. Mm -hmm. You know, we're already in an age where like holographic uh, technologies exist. They're just really expensive, like $60,000 holographic machines, but much like video conferencing, which was also even more expensive when it came out. Yeah. The price will come down, supply mm -hmm. and demand, and eventually... Um, we will be training people in holographic environments, which will feel indistinguishable from reality at some point in the future. Absolutely. And then, and more like science fiction, but becomes real reality is we'll probably, some people will merge with the technology where um, you will no longer have phones and these things, and it will just be part of your biological makeup with those things. That's probably going to happen, you know, yeah. down the line, you know. It, it makes sense. I, I can yeah. definitely see that happening too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, why do you think majority of people in our country don't work out? And what can be done to get them in the gym? This is a, a thing I've lectured on quite a bit in conferences and stuff, but um, mm -hmm. a good resource, I think, for listeners is Dr. Daniel Lieberman. His book, Exercised, is incredible. And it talks about the biological and anthropological beginnings of humans, mm -hmm. that humans are conservation machines. Uh -huh. And we only do things and if it basically supports our survival. And so if you look at hunter-gatherer societies now and in the past, exercise was done because it was necessary yeah. for uh, reproduction, uh, building homes, hunting. If you didn't eat, eating was a luxury and yeah. for ancient humans. And you only did it if you worked out, worked out, you you went long distances, hunted, 
seasonal based eating. Uh, eat, eat all those things. You, you eat what you kill. I mean, you, you kill. meat was not common because it was very difficult to acquire. So um, I, we still have that that DNA and it's that ancient technology essentially, which is says, why would I do this? Right. Like this is like, why am I going to expend caloric energy for something that doesn't make me feel like I need to survive today? Most humans are not surviving on a daily basis, mm -hmm. thinking, where am I going to eat? They're rolling to five guys. They're going to McDonald's. They're like, there's endless options of food. So yep. in developed countries, there's not a uh, issue with finding food or yep. surviving. Now that's different in different countries, uh, but uh, it's you're we're conservation machines. So people, it's natural that people don't want to exercise. Actually, yep. it's actually, it's actually illogical for people to exercise the way we currently do it because it doesn't make sense to our our biology. Right, like just going for a run for the purpose of health is so foreign to human bodies. It doesn't make sense for that. So mm -hmm. you're fighting this biological um, co coding that's saying only do things if you need to do it, yep. if it's necessary. So that's where I come with the exercise is complicated for people. It's like, okay, this is your history. This is our history as human beings. Now, now that you know this, it's not an excuse to do nothing. We have to exist in this plane because technology has essentially created uh, it made a trade-off. We have more convenience than ever, and we have less need to actually be active because of our convenience. Absolutely. But, and I think you know this, and I know this, it's not like we're going to go backwards. Yep. It's not like we're going to go back to horse and buggies or, you know, shut the energy grid down. It's, it's not happening. It's not happening. It's Humans not happening. are hungry for progress, hungry for more technology. That next iPhone's coming out. The next yep. thing's happening. We are not going backwards, but the trade-off is that we're going to have less activity. So yep. you almost you almost have to exercise. And if yep. you don't, you will actually be part of what's currently happening, which is like seventy percent of people are obese, overweight. That's a staggering, that's stag crazy. staggering. That's, crazy, man. <laughs> like, that's like most of humanity. Yeah, <laughs> that's crazy. No, that I, I didn't even know that um, that it was like it wasn't natural for us to. It's not natural. You know, I didn't know that. I never oh. thought about it like that. Yeah, no, it'll blow people's mind insight. if you tell them that. They'll go, "Oh, that makes sense." <laughs> that's great insight. No, definitely. Um, so you have you have a very educational podcast, and you have mm -hmm. such on various topics. Um, what's your vision with that podcast, and and how do you come up with ideas, guests, and topics? Well, the initial vision was just to talk to as many different people from many different disciplines as possible, just because I I like a lot of different things. Um, so I don't really, I just kind of go wherever I'm feeling it right now. I'm feeling like interviewing a lot of my colleagues, you yep. know, but then like six months from now, I may produce a series about a cult. Like I've done stuff like that. Like yeah. I interview different things. I will, you know, it may be a whole month on sex and sexuality and BDSM dungeons and stuff. I mean, I've done all that stuff. It's like just like, like almost like a journalistic style podcast, mm -hmm. you know, sometimes heavily produced, sometimes not heavily produced. So I just really go off of like how I feel. Yeah. Uh, in that moment, in that you time. Know, it's, all, it's all types of interesting stuff on there. <laughs> yeah, it's, I, it's I just, different. I definitely wanted to know. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, for sure, man. So look, as we wrap up, um, you have any advice for any up and coming trainers uh, that want to excel in the fitness industry? Yeah, most definitely. Um, you want to get in the business, want to highly recommend um, working on yourself first. Yeah. yeah, like it. 
have if you feel like you know you need therapy, you need counseling, I highly suggest it. It's something I I did, especially in the beginning of my training career. I had a therapist and I had it in my during my education. I had a, a therapist. Mm -hmm. uh, work on yourself, build your coping mechanisms, your resiliency, and learn how to talk to people. Yeah. Learn how to have good it talk to as many people as possible, build, sharpen the knife of conversation. Because when you train people, is a lot of conversation yeah. while you're exercising with people. You cannot be silent. Exactly. <laughs> like, personal development and personal development. Fitness, they go hand in hand, man. Hand in hand. You have to be good at connecting with other people. Build that skill. Obviously, get certified, whole thing, but become great at interacting with other people. And Absolutely. I'm gonna tell you that happens by reaching out to people, having conversations with them, go on podcasts. Have coffee meetings with people. Just meet as many people as possible. Build the skill of connection. Absolutely. No, man, I, it's crazy. You know, I tell people all the time, like, if you if you can't follow a meal plan, don't you think that's like a, a character flaw? Don't you think <laughs> there's something going on there? We got to work on that. You know, it might be essential for another area in life. Yeah. Follow, following directions. So. Right. Following directions. Yeah, exactly. So. Hey man, this was a great conversation. Um, you know, awesome. I'm not surprised because we had a great conversation. Oh on yeah, the podcast. So <laughs> for sure, yeah, I love doing this stuff. It's all about chatting for me. You know, definitely. no, I um, I definitely uh, appreciate you coming on. Where are you Thank located you. again? I'm in Colorado, Colorado, in, uh, Northern okay. Colorado. Yep. Colorado. Okay, no, definitely appreciate you. So, um, hey, another great episode on the Less Brunches, More Crunches podcast. You can follow Dr. Darian. Can, can you plug in your social media real quick? Yeah, yeah. So I primarily on my website, drdarianparker.com. You spell out doctor. And um, on LinkedIn is primarily where I'm at over there. So you can check me out both of those places, the best places to contact or and then my podcast, Dr. D's Social Network on all major podcast platforms. You just type it in, you'll see there's constant episodes. There's always something coming out. Always something. All right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Once again, appreciate you coming on. And um, you know, please like, comment, subscribe on the on the uh, YouTube page. Share it with a friend and give me feedback. Shoot me anything you want me to to talk about or react to. Appreciate y'all watching. Catch y'all on the next episode. We out.